Creating a memorable marketing message sets your business apart from the competition, and it can be a serious challenge for many small and mid-sized companies. It's so easy to bounce from one marketing idea of the week to the next with little to show for your efforts except frustration. But take heart, because today's guest has a better solution and a proven system to build demand for your products or services. He's marketing guru John Jantz. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. John Chance has been called the world's most practical small business expert for consistently delivering real-world, proven small business marketing ideas and strategies. He's a marketing consultant, speaker, best-selling author of several books, Duct Tape Marketing, Duct Tape Selling, The Commitment Engine, and The Referral Engine. He's also the creator of Duct Tape Marketing System and Duct Tape Marketing Consulting Network that trains and licenses small business marketing consultants around the world. In other words, he's a marketer's marketer. But he also frequently consults with small and mid-sized businesses to help them create plans and organize marketing systems to smooth the way for steady growth. His blog was chosen as a Forbes favorite for marketing and small business, and his podcast, a top 10 marketing show on iTunes, was called a must-listen by Fast Company Magazine. Huffington Post calls him one of the top 100 must-follow on Twitter, and Forbes named Duct Tape Marketing one of the 100 best websites for entrepreneurs. And as if that weren't enough, John is the featured marketing contributor to American Express Open Forum and a popular presenter of workshops and webinars for organizations such as Intuit, Verizon, HP, and Citrix. His practical take on small business is also frequently cited in publications such as the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and CNN Money. So if there was ever an expert to help you understand the key to developing a marketing system that can build your business, he's it. And I'm so thrilled to have him here with us today. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, John. I am happy to be here. I just hope I can live up to that uh, buildup. <laughs> oh, I'm so confident you can. John, in your experience working with small and mid-sized companies, what is it about creating a memorable marketing message that trips people up? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the most memorable marketing messages are typically small things that, that people do. And, and a lot of times it's because they just believe that's how everybody treats customers or that's how everybody acts. And and I think that that we often want to, in some ways, make ourselves feel like we're bigger or more important or more comprehensive or can you know, serve anyone. And that, of course, gets in the way of, of really refining something that helps that person that is looking for a difference um, identify the, 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 that we're uniquely suited to serve their you know, personal need. I, I think, unfortunately, you know, most people assume one accountant's like another, one plumber's like another, and, and unless we give them that reason to understand why we are 
the ones for them and only them, uh, they will de- pretty much default to price. And and so I think that the challenge comes for a lot of people. Anytime you're talking about trying to come up with this unique message, you're also telling some percentage of the market that we may not be for you. Um, and that's probably the biggest challenge because, you know, we're, we're fearful that uh, anybody who has money you know, might not call us. Well, that is the scary part, that you're turning away people that you probably would want to do business with. But how do people just narrow down to just like one little thing? Because they may be really, really good at several little things. Well, I, I think to take, I'll tell you a little issue with the one point is that I think a lot of the people you're turning away, you are probably not ready to serve or you, you know, they don't uh, appreciate the value that you bring or the the way in which you're able to get them a result is not the way in which they want to buy or operate. I mean, there's so many cases of businesses that, you know, have a great system, say, worked out to to get somebody a result. And that person's too busy thinking about how can I get a cheaper price? How can I do this faster? How can I, you know, not have to uh, to go through the the steps that you need me to go through to get a result? Can, how can I just make it happen magically? Well, those are people you don't want to do business with necessarily, unless you're in the how can I do things cheap and magically uh, business. And so, the the the. Getting there to that narrow point sometimes is hard, but but getting there you have to, in my opinion, because what happens is when you get to a place where people start, your message starts resonating with people say, oh, you're talking about me, or that sounds, the, the, the way in which you do business sounds exactly like the way in which I like to do business, people will start expecting to pay a premium to work with you as opposed to, you know, how can they get it cheaper. Now, in terms of how you get to that narrowly defined ideal client or ideal message, a lot of times, certainly what we do with anybody that's got any amount of clients or has been in business any amount of time is a lot of times their customers know what that unique point of difference is, in fact, far more often than the actual business owner does. So we uh, heartily recommend that you uh, have a routine of, of interviewing your customers, and, um, particularly if you're trying to go on this hunt for your elusive you know, core message. Uh, many times speaking with eight or ten of your best clients or your ideal clients um, and getting a sense of you know why they hired you, why they stay with you, what you do that's different is a great way to get that narrowly defined message. All right. Well, say somebody is in a startup mode. I mean, maybe Microsoft back in the 1970s. Whoever <laughs> needed software back then, right? Or uh, you know, Uber's rideshare service in 2010. People weren't familiar with it. How do they know they need it? Or that yeah, that's the one I want. Yeah, so um, the startup's a little different because you're you're basically in you know guess mode or assumption mode. Um, a lot of times, uh, companies that really take off and 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 explode overnight are companies that that create something that people didn't even know they needed. Um, and so that's you know you, you it's very difficult to go out and do research on you know on this product or this service if people don't even understand the problem they have that you might be solving. Um, so either way it is still important to do some customer discovery. Um, and so if you're in startup mode, uh, you know, have a hypothesis about what you want, the market you want to serve and who you want to serve and what their challenges are and how you're uniquely suited to serve those, and then just get out there and start talking to everybody that you can that maybe fits into that description. And don't walk up to them with a completely done product or service and say, here it is, would you buy it for this price? Uh, get those folks involved in telling you 
what it needs, how it needs to work, what it needs to be priced at, uh, you know, in some ways develop it with a market that has a need. Now, that doesn't mean that you just blindly build, you know, Frankenstein because, you know, every single person you talk to had a feature request. Uh, but but having a sense of, of testing your hypothesis and discovering a, a market need is is certainly the way that most startups uh, evolve uh, effectively. In fact, I, I would venture to say that, that you go and, and think about all of the startups now that are household names, uh, probably their, their original business plan, if they had one, uh, did not look anything like what their business is today. Very true. They're probably surprised at what it has evolved into. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much trial and error should a business allow in testing its marketing message before it's like, okay, it's time to pull the plug and try something else? Yeah. That's a really tough question because my experience is most people get tired of their message before it's even heard. You know, they, they feel like they have to go a different direction every three or four months in order to, uh, to stay fresh uh, because you know, maybe they're tired of, of reading the same thing. And you know, my uh, take is that while you need to evolve your message, having a unique point of view and, and sticking with that and, and you know, using that strategy, you know, all of your content now needs to be the voice of that strategy and, and really trying to get to the point where you know, every, anybody who is a customer of yours and maybe even some prospects of yours you know, can think of you know, one word that describes your business. I mean, that's, that, that's the ultimate goal, I think, regardless of the size of your business. And yet um, that goal uh, takes tremendous consistency and repetitiveness and you know, year in, year out saying many of the same things. And so you do want to try to find and lock down on that, uh, that message that, that, that does resonate, but then you have to commit to, in some cases, many, many cases, you know, years of reinforcing it. Well, that's a good point. Uh, just to share a, a short story, many years ago, I worked for a company that did create that kind of a marketing message, and they basically they tripped across it in the late 1960s, but they stuck with it. And their competitors, like you said, every couple months, every quarter, they would have this new campaign, this whole new kind of look to their promotion. And it was just really interesting how, you know, the, the, the difference in the success of the different campaigns and the one that stood the test of time certainly was the one that could be boiled down to one word, which we eventually trademarked. So, well, and I think that in this day and age, too, when content has become such a you know, foundational element of all marketing and communication and the fact that we now can uh, have such incredible analytics if we choose to, <laughs> and if we choose to plug them in and pay attention to them. I mean, we can know exactly, you know, what word people are responding to, you know, what message uh, seems to get shared the most. I mean, and so paying attention to the analytics uh, very early on is, is an extremely important uh, element of how you uh, lock down on that, that one message or that one type of campaign or even that one channel that you're in um, and decide that, yeah, this is where we need to be and this is what we need to be saying. Interesting. So if you boiled it down, what are the key ingredients to making a marketing message memorable? Well, I, th I think there are probably several ingredients uh, that go into it. One of them is just that uh, that idea of it's something that, that really catches people off guard. It, it, it kind of upsets their normal path. It allows them to kind of make a metaphor out of uh, that, that, that's meaningful. So, I mean, those are, that's all sort of the creative art of it. Um, the, the, the underpinning of that creative part, though, has to be some sort of a benefit 
um, to that ideal client that you're after. I mean, they have to understand that your message is something that, that clearly and simply and quickly communicates, yeah, this, this difference is not just different, <laughs> it's meaningful, it has value to me, it's remarkable. Um, and so there, there, there are probably those two core elements, or there's probably three. Um, three core elements that we always talk about is, is hopefully you identify who your customer is so that somebody says, oh, you're talking about me. Uh, the second part is you identify some sort of benefit uh, that, that kind of scratches a, a niche that hopefully they already know about. Um, and then the third point, which is probably the icing on the cake, is is it something that people think is clever, is memorable, um, is, is creative so that they, uh, they want to talk about it? Very good. Very good. And I, and I, and I often use, and, and um, quite frankly, uh, this uh, didn't come about with lots of focus groups. It came about from me just being in the trenches. But I often use uh, really the name of my business, Duct Tape Marketing, I think is actually a pretty good representation of uh, that, you know, that kind of memorable uh, element. And that uh, it, it, the, the metaphor of, you know, of duct tape uh, for many people is, uh, is one that they, they think of fondly. It's uh, it's unique. It uh, stands out a little bit, but it, it also represents for a lot of my target market, uh, simple, effective, affordable. Uh, doesn't always have to be pretty. Just has to work. And uh, so it, uh, it it does, I think, tick off a lot of those boxes. I do. I love that symbolism that you use. It's it's wonderful, and you use it in your books as well. How long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> about 10 seconds uh, or 25 <laughs> years, you know, depending upon who you ask. Now, you know, like a lot of things, it, um, the, the genesis of that really was that um, this was around 2000. I decided this Internet thing was going to be a big deal. People were going to actually pay money and buy products and services. And so I had actually developed my own small business marketing system because I was a little frustrated you know, kind of making it up every time with a, with a client uh, that you know said they needed this and then they needed that and I said sure I'll get this and I'll get that and so I decided that what I needed uh, to solve that frustration was to uh, create a, a systematic approach where I could walk in and say here's what I'm going to do here's what you're going to do here's the results we hope we can get and by the way here's what it costs uh, do you want it or not um, and and that sort of systematic approach you know ironically um, in trying to solve my own greatest frustration I think I tapped. Uh, immediately realized that I tapped uh, one of the greater frustrations of most small business owners. It's actually hard to buy marketing services in a very comprehensive way because there's everybody selling this piece and that part. Um, but I, so I took that idea of a systematic, almost productized approach and said, well, I have to give it a name. Um, and so I, uh, originally the name duct tape marketing was really just what I applied to my marketing system. I, I did find pretty quickly that, uh, the name itself resonated. And so I, uh, I, uh, changed the name of my business to that. Uh, as you noted, it, uh, my first book was called Duct Tape Marketing. You know, the blog and podcast and everything that I do now uh, has that name on it. Well, you get high marks for consistency, John. <laughs> That's cool. wonderful. No, but you're right. So many people offer different little pieces of the marketing pie. And if you're not a marketer, it's really hard to know, well, yeah, maybe I should do this. And maybe I should do, you know, this social media and that. I mean, if somebody is a small business looking to get to a, be a bigger business or in a, more of a startup mode, what are, let's say, the three things that they really should nail down first before getting more exotic or, or you know, spreading their resources too thin? Well, I think the first we've been talking about uh, all along here, it's strategy before tactics. And I, I, again, a lot of times what happens is somebody starts a business, they say, I am you know, XYZ uh, company, 
and the first person that comes along and says, oh, you need SEO, and we can help you with that, and you need uh, social media, and because I've heard you know, everybody talking about this Twitter thing, I guess I'll, I'll do that. And so what happens is, you know, they end up uh, you know, doing the marketing idea of the week is what I'd always called it. And then if you have a firm strategy where you say at least um, initially or at some point, you know, here is who makes an ideal client for our business, here's what their challenges are, and here's how we're uniquely suited to solve it, and here's how we're going to communicate that. And, and that's really the basis of a, a you know, firm foundation for a marketing strategy. And it actually becomes the filter for every decision you make about should I be in this channel, should I buy this, should I you know, advertise here. Um, so, so that firm foundation is the first thing. Uh, the second component then is to realize that, that content is not just another marketing tactic, but it needs to be the voice of your strategy. It actually is how you communicate um, to that ideal client that they should know you and they might like you and they should trust you and that how they can try uh, your products and services and how and why they might buy and how and why they might uh, repeat buy and how and why they might refer you. And, and that's how, you know, that, 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 those words that I use, um, no like, trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer, you know, that's kind of the customer journey then that you have to use your content to guide. So it's that, that firm foundation of a strategy using content in the various forms as the voice of your strategy and then guiding your ideal customer on the journey that they want to take in order to become everything from going from, you know, creating awareness about who you are and what you do to the point where they are a loyal and raving fan. All right. Well, that certainly sets things up, <laughs> and I think that's really helpful because you're right. People get bombarded with these messages about SEO and the website and this, that, and the other, and it's it's very easy to have the tail wag the dog. Yeah, and, and I'm not uh, discounting any of those. Um, I'm just suggesting that, that if you build that foundation first, then you can actually make intelligent decisions about how and why you might use one of those channels. and. Um, you know, when I started my business, we probably had five or eight places that, that you could actually, you know, I call them channels, that you could actually get the word out about your business, you know, sales and, and advertising and, and referrals and, um, you know, PR were kind of standard channels. Well, now, you know, I routinely cite 16 different channels that people can explore. And, and so when you have that firm of foundation, what you can do then is to focus on the two or three channels that make the most sense for your business based on your strategy and go deep in those and, and really look at some of the other channels maybe as just ways to support those channels that are actually working for you instead of just trying to go, you know, dip your toe in the water in every possible place. You go deep, deep in two or three of the places where your ideal clients hang out and where you can actually have the greatest impact. Perfect. Now, besides writing the book Duct Tape Marketing, you also wrote Duct Tape Selling. Why the change in emphasis from marketing to selling? Well, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, I don't see it as a change, certainly, as much as it is an extension. So a lot of sales folks out there, um, you know, are, are, we're starting to realize <laughs> that nobody answered the phone anymore. And uh, when they got leads and, you know, we're just supposed to chase down those leads or, you know, mine various uh, lists to, to find uh, leads that they were becoming very, very ineffective. And so the idea of duct tape selling is to, to show sales folks, you know, whether you're the sales manager or you're that you know, quota-carrying uh, salesperson, how to employ some of the newer marketing tactics like content and uh, influencer outreach and even social media to, to actually get in front of more of the right 
prospects to stand out in a way that uh, that makes you different from everybody else that's just pounding on the door and, and trying to get uh, to get access. So uh, that was really the idea is is to say that marketing and sales and service really now have to function as kind of one department uh, as an outcome or a results department and and not in these separate silos. So there's more need to have them integrated than ever before. I think so because, you know, the customer is really in charge of the journey. <laughs> you know, it used to be that we would run an ad and that person would respond to an ad and we'd throw them over to sales and sales would close it and then, you know, kind of drive them through this linear path. Well, now how and why people decide uh, to buy our products and services, uh, about 75% of them that journey is out of our hands, is out of our control. In fact, most people uh, start their process of determining who they're going to buy from, what they're going to buy on their own. And and really by the time the company hears from them, they've uh, probably either made a decision or they're just looking for a better price. And so the idea behind uh, getting sales involved earlier in the journey and, and maybe keeping them involved later in the journey um, is is really an acknowledgement of that, that, that we you know, as people are just starting their process of going out and looking, you know, how do we uh, get ourselves on that path or that journey, or how do we help guide them on the journey that we know they're taking? That's interesting how the internet has just uh, changed that dynamic. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, we we really don't need a salesperson to show to to show up and tell us what the new features are, the, or even the new pricing, uh, because uh, we. We now certainly can go online. We can see review sites. We can see places where people have, you know, pitted one software against another. We can go to our social networks and ask. And that's really how we are starting the journey. We don't want salespeople to just show up and tell us, um, you know, why their product is better than somebody else's. Absolutely. We could ask Siri. <laughs> There's exactly. so many ways. Yeah, exactly. Well, John, we're going to have links to both of those books, Duct Tape Marketing and Duct Tape Selling, on businessconfidentialradio.com, as well as information on how folks could contact you and connect with you on your social media sites, and that's on businessconfidentialradio.com. So I hope our listeners check that out, because one thing I really enjoy about our conversation here, John, is the way you just make this sound so practical and intuitive and a natural part of business development, business plan. I mean, this is what it's all about. This is why you have a business, and this is the way you need to be doing it. So I really appreciate that. It, it just well, sure. it I, I, well, I was going to say, I often tell people, I mean, it's, it, it's hard. I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's easy, but I'm, I'm not suggesting – I am suggesting it's not as complex as people try to make it. Understood, understood, because I think people have heard the concepts, and it's like, well, great, now how do I apply it? You know, that's where the rubber meets the road and the real challenge is, especially when it's your business because you're so close to it. It's your baby, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so you know things that other people don't. Like you said, you may be taking for granted. And so, you know, this whole practical bent, I'm just really interested, John. How did you start your marketing journey? Were there things that influenced your career along the way that made you go, aha, this is what I want to do. This I know this is my calling. Well, uh, I, you know, sometimes it's hard to look back and identify those things because they just kind of happen to you and you, you, don't, you don't see them as milestones necessarily. But, you know, I, I right out of college, went to work for a, uh, an, an ad agency business. Uh, found pretty quickly that I wanted to do my own thing. So I'm not, you know, so that kind of working for somebody, I suppose, was the first milestone. It was the only job I ever had uh, be, before starting my company. Um, in terms of influence from marketer's standpoint, 
I usually point to one that a lot of people don't think of in the marketing realm, but the, probably the first book that I read that to me made marketing make sense was actually The Practice of Management by Peter Drucker, which was written in the 50s and was not directed at marketing people at all. Um, but the way that he talks about a customer and the way that he talks about um, systems and processes in business, it was really um, at, at that point, you know, was, was probably the first influence in terms of forming my point of view about what marketing is. Uh, probably the biggest turning point uh, when it comes to duct tape marketing specifically was I uh, worked, w read the book and then worked with Michael Gerber, uh, the author of The E-Myth. Um, and Michael was one of the first people early on in the mid-80s talking about um, small business in a way that had never been talked about, this idea of creating a, a franchise model and, and creating systems throughout the business. And that was really kind of the light bulb for me to say, hey, I, you know, that, that's a lot of businesses actually get that idea about creating systems for getting things done and you know, doing inventory and paying the bills, but uh, marketing is kind of this one area of business that still seems to be this genie in a bottle kind of black magic as opposed to a system. And that was really the light bulb moment for me uh, to, to create my own marketing system and start talking about marketing as a system as being the big idea uh, of duct tape marketing. And, and uh, fortunately, uh, when duct tape marketing came out, Michael uh, uh, wrote the foreword for, uh, for that book and uh, kind of put his stamp on uh, the, the impact that he's had on uh, my career. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, we're just about out of time. I was wondering if you had any parting thoughts for our listeners. <laughs> that's a that's a very standard interview question, and I kind of chuckle because I always <laughs> feel like I just I just put it all out there, <laughs> so I never leave anything back. And so I, I've always taken I shouldn't be, but I'm always taken back by that question because uh, you know I feel like uh, if I had any parting thoughts, I would have said them at some some point along uh, our interview. Um, but but uh, I, I suppose to wrap up some of the thoughts that we've talked about. Um, the one thing that I, I, I really urge uh, anyone who's listening to this to do is talk to your customers. Spend time with your customers, uh, especially as they, um, as they interact or they use your products or, or services. Uh, you will gain so much insight. And my, my um, experience tells me is you will learn things that you had no idea, ways in which your customers are using things, ways in which they're irritated by what you do ways in which they talk about your business that you should be talking about your business. So uh, make a commitment to spend some time every month in, in a very deep conversation with uh, some amount of your customers. Wonderful. See, now that wasn't so hard, was it, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insights and for laying it all out. Listeners should actually listen to this interview several times because I think there's so many good nuggets of, of wisdom here that are worth repeating. So I appreciate you, appreciate your work, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivityradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you, too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential Now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media, too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then. <music>